come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. There are so many layers to our world. I don't want to bring you here to tell you what to believe or disbelieve, but rather entice you, get you thinking, dancing with the what if. What if everything had a simple grain of truth? The movies we watch, the books we read. Then you take into account all the people who have shared their encounters and all those who keep their experiences locked away. Take a minute to think about that. What would you do? How would you feel if Sasquatch, Mothman, Dogman, ghosts, and fairies were all real? And what if the mere belief in something could conjure it into being? Would it change how you live your life? Would it change how you judge others? I personally have had many experiences that I have been learning over the course of a couple years how to open up and share them. To this day, my family still has experiences, and not just my immediate family, long-distance relatives included. Just a couple weeks ago, I had my cupboard fly open, which is normally held shut tightly by a magnet, as well as something came off my wall. If I can offer any advice to others who experience similar events, I can tell you the process I personally go through. Usually I will light my sage bundle and recite the Aramaic Lord's Prayer, as well as turn on high vibrational music like Sanatomkar. Or I will ohm with one of my singing bowls. At the end of the show, for those who want to listen, I will recite the mantra that has helped me for many years. Sometimes as well, covering certain topics can be difficult when you're sensitive. You never know what you just might be inviting in. I know it's been a while since we have done an episode, but it's so wonderful to be back. During our time off, I have been trying to keep our Facebook page up to date with spooky stories, mythical creatures, and interactive questions. You can find us on Facebook under The Caravan Library of Lore and our group page, The Caravan Library of Lore Group. I also want to encourage everyone to post freely in there, as I would love to interact and get to know all of you. For this episode, I felt that I would come and share some stories that I have found around the web. And remember, I'm a sucker for a good story. Whether it is real or not is up to you. So first up is a story I found on one of my favorite websites, Moonlit Road. This story is The Haunted Bridge of Lookout Mountain in Alabama, written by Erin Butler. I live four miles out of town on a narrow country road, which connects two high-traffic paved roads. 
On my road, there is an old iron railed bridge, which has a wooden plank floor, and it makes a very distant and creepy sound when a car passes over it. In the quiet of the evening, I can sometimes hear clearly the sound of the old bridge complaining as vehicles cross from one side of the creek to the other. On a number of occasions, before I moved to the area, I was told the story of the bridge being haunted, and some of my friends and I made trips to see this bridge and hopefully the ghost. The story I heard told was of a woman and her very young baby being killed as she attempted to cross the bridge. It happened one very foggy night, almost a hundred years ago, when she was walking home from a friend's house. She carried a lantern in one hand and the baby on her other arm. As she started to cross the bridge, someone in a speeding horse-drawn carriage came upon the bridge in such a haste that the woman was unable to retreat from the narrow, confined deck of the bridge before the carriage struck her. The woman fell to her death in the water below, and the fate of her baby was assumed to be the same by the friends and neighbors who came to assist when they learned of the accident. The baby was never found. The haunting actually consisted of two parts. One part claims the lantern can be seen moving along the road and onto the bridge, where it drops from the bridge into the water below. Just before the light drops from the bridge, the bridge rattles as though the speeding carriage was rushing across it. The second part is said to be hearing the baby crying from somewhere in the darkness below the bridge. Foggy nights are said to be the prime times to witness these events. I was never a believer in this sort of thing, but one night I was driving toward the bridge through a light fog when, from a distance, I saw a dim yellow light ahead near the bridge. I was driving very slowly, and it took the better part of a minute to reach the bridge. The old bridge was positioned in a curve in the road, and the full length of it could be viewed as it was approached from my direction. I could see the light and could tell that it was then almost certainly on the bridge. I slowed almost to a dead stop and watched. My headlight shone on the fog which limited my visibility to just a few feet. Beyond that was only the dim yellow light. As I came to the edge of the plank flooring, I was still fixed on the light which suddenly dropped from the left side of the structure and disappeared into the darkness. I drove onto the bridge and stopped about midway. I reached for my flashlight and opened the car door. Stepping to the railing, I shined my light down into the fog-shrouded darkness below the bridge. Seeing only the leafy undergrowth on the creek banks and muddy, rain-swollen creek hurrying along on its way downstream, I really expected to see something, but there was nothing. Looking up and down the creek from my vantage point, I saw no sign of anything that had not grown there on the creek banks. My thinking was that I had just witnessed the haunting of which I had always heard, though I had remained skeptical until that moment. There was no doubt that I had seen a light and that the light dropped off that bridge. To the best of my knowledge, there was no other person anywhere near that spot at the time, and if what I had seen was a prank, it was a very good one. That was the first and last time I saw a light near that bridge.
On one occasion since that foggy night, I was walking along the road near my house accompanied by my dog. We had walked to the first spot on the road where the bridge could be seen from the high ground. I paused and looked up at the near full moon throughout the light patchy fog. When I heard what I was sure was a horse-drawn carriage moving rapidly along the road near that bridge. The moon brightly lit the countryside with a ghostly glow as it filtered through the frog. Looking at the road leading to the bridge from where I stood, I could just make out a dark form of some size moving along the road in my direction. As it drew nearer to me, I could clearly hear the hoofbeats of a horse and the rattle of a wooden carriage. What I was seeing and hearing had to be a horse-drawn carriage. No other vehicle makes that sound. The view of the road was blocked in one spot on the foot of the hill just yards from where I stood, waiting to clearly see whatever was moving toward me. I watched as the dark form disappeared into the blind spot, and suddenly the sound was no more. Only an unexpected gust of wind in the trees. Instead of a carriage passing me on the road, I felt that surprising and short-lived gust of wind push past me and sift the moonlit fog. My dog, which had followed me, stood and watched intently the empty roadway. He may have been expecting to see something too, or maybe he did see something, he didn't say. I looked both up and down the road for the phantom carriage, which had apparently vanished into vapor. Only the quietness of a fog-shrouded night surrounded us, and since that time, I've never seen or heard the phantom carriage again. Surprisingly enough, that's not the only story that I've heard um, in regards to haunted bridges or hearing the distant cries of a baby in the night. Um, I would love to hear your stories and also hear if you have any um, local roads or bridges that are supposedly haunted out by where you live. Um, another one of my favorite websites is called NorthCarolinaGhosts.com and I have recorded a couple other uh, stories. One of them was um, Boo Jim and Hoot Nanny and those can be found on our website at thecaravanoflore.com. It is on the page marked The Caravan, and it's under the story section. Uh, the story that I want to read to you guys from North Carolina Ghosts is called The Moon-Eyed People. It's another mountain story from Alabama. The Moon-Eyed People. In the mountains of the Southern Appalachians, from North Carolina down through Georgia and Alabama, the remains of ancient stone structures line the ridges. Some of these are additions to natural rock formations. Others are entirely man-made. Who built these structures? Are they the remains of an ancient war fought in the Appalachians? Are they all that's left of the Moon-Eyed People? The Moon-Eyed People are a race of small men who, according to Cherokee legend, once lived in the southern Appalachians. The moon-eyed people were said to being physically very different from the Cherokee, being bearded and having pale, perfectly white skin. They were called moon-eyed because they were unable to see in the daylight. 
their sensitive eyes being blinded by the sun. For this reason, they were strictly nocturnal and lived in underground caves. Perhaps the most famous structures associated with the Moon-Eyed people is just over the North Carolina border in Georgia at Fort Mountain. Now a state park, Fort Mountain gets its name from the 850-foot-long stone wall that varies in height from 2 to 6 feet and stretches along the top of the ridge. This stone wall is thought to have been constructed around 400 to 500 CE. According to one Cherokee legend, this wall is a remnant of a war that the Moon-Eyed people fought and lost against the neighboring Creek Nation. The Creeks drove the Moon-Eyed people from their homeland during a full moon, which even the pale light of its blinding to these nocturnal people. Another version of the story has it that it was the Cherokee themselves who waged war against the Moon-Eyed people, driving them from their home at Hiawassee a village near what is now Murphy, North Carolina, west into Tennessee. Both versions of the story say the Moon-Eyed people began living underground after losing the war. Cherokee cosmology is complex and fascinating, and describes a universe where humans share the world with other non-human, supernatural peoples. In the traditional Cherokee concept of the world, races such as the Nunai or Yunwi Sudi are a part of the natural world who interact with humans at their own discretion, similar to the traditional idea of fairies in the British Isles. However, what's interesting is that the Moon-Eyed people are never described as being supernatural, but are remembered as another group of humans who are physically very different than the Native Americans. Because the description of the Moon-Eyed people is that they are pale-skinned and bearded, this has led to some amount of speculation, quite a bit of it wild, that the legend of the Moon-Eyed people represents a Cherokee folk memory of contact with a group of European settlers who made it to the New World before Columbus. Particularly, the Cherokee legend of the Moon-Eyed people has been matched up with the Welsh legend of Prince Madoc. According to the Welsh story, Madoc ab Owain Gwynedd was a Welsh prince who disenchanted with the civil war racking his homeland, set sail with his brother and a few followers in 1170 across the Atlantic Ocean and landed somewhere around Mobile Bay, Alabama. After some exploring up and down the rivers of southern America, Madoc decided he liked the place well enough and decided to move in. Leaving his brother and some of his fellow Welshmen behind, Madoc returned to his native country and recruited enough followers to ten ships. He and his colonists set sail back to America and never heard from it in Wales again. Some have speculated that the moon-eyed people are the descendants of Madoc's colonists, and that is what these Welshmen who fought a war with the Cherokee, and these Welshmen who built the stone forts that dots the ridges of the mountains. Driven out by the Cherokee, Maddox's descendants found their way to south, south of Florida and Alabama, where they continued to live in, slowly absorbing bits of Native American culture, until they became a strange tribe of pale Indians, living and dressing in Native ways but speaking Welsh.
And if you have any stories you would like to send me and have read on air, our email is thecaravanoflore at gmail.com. That being said, the caravan has been under a bit of a transition as we are wanting to narrow down our topics and revamping the feel of your experience. Think of it as a spooky caravan in the woods with a small circus of strange and otherworldly animals. So for our top topics, we're currently looking at werewolves, dogmen, vampires, frogmen, Nessie, half-human, half-animal breeds like um, there's the goat man and deer woman. Lots of interesting stories there. Uh, along with trolls and fairies. We do plan on having additional specials that run longer than our regular uh, programs. And on those, we'll cover outside topics such as government mind control, hauntings, and are open to any and all suggestions that you may have because as our listener, you are the top priority. And that's it for this week. So those of you who wanted to hear my mantra or prayer rather, I use when performing house cleansings. I'll share that with you now. Oh, and before I forget, I have also been doing a three card reading each week in our Caravan Library of Lore group on Facebook. And the upcoming weeks, I also plan to go live, and if everybody's interested, I could try to do a live pendulum reading. Okay, so the Aramaic Lord's Prayer. A lot of the time when I share this with people, they've felt um, an energy, especially in their third eyes. So I will have you guys just close your eyes and enjoy. Avund Washmaya. Ni takada shashamach, te te malkuta. Nechwe sevinak akana da washmaya o paraha. Halan lakman sun kanan yamana. Washwokan habain. Akana dapanan shwakin el hayabain. Ula talana misiona. Ea patsan minbisha. Metoda la ki melkuta u haila utishwachta la alam amin amen.